Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Genesis chapter number 29. Yes. Genesis chapter 29. And we shall begin reading at verse number 30. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 29. And we shall begin reading at verse number 30. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. When you have it, say amen. And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was buried. And Leah conceived and bare a son and called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. And therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now will I praise the Lord. And therefore she called his name Judah and left buried. My subject today, blessed in a hostile environment. You can be seated blessed in a hostile environment. Most difficulties are fairly manageable for most of us. But what I have discovered is my greatest struggles have been people struggles. And if you have been involved in people struggles, then you have learned, like I've learned, that you cannot control anybody. It's impossible, whether it's a child or an adult. You can raise, teach, train, rear, fuss, nag, cajole, but you can't really control anybody. People do about what they want to do. I need an honest witness in his house. And they make their own decisions about you and about how they feel about you. And just because you are good to somebody doesn't mean they're always going to be good to you. 
A lot of us are disappointed in relationships, and this is part of this same series on relationships, because we have the expectation that if I'm good to somebody, they'll be good to me. And it's nice when it works out that way. But it doesn't always work out that way. You can be nice to people, and they still not love you back. You can care for them, and they still ignore you. You can sometimes sacrifice for them, and they ignore and even depreciate your sacrifice. And so you almost have to love without strings. Come on here, somebody. That's how you get surprised and not hurt. Come on, somebody. Is that you just love, and you love. And if it comes back, you say, thank you, Jesus. And if it doesn't come back, you can say, at least I loved. Okay, that'll hit some of y'all on the way home. Because there's some, some of you who are hurting right now because you just assume because you love them, they would love you the same way. And you made assumptions, and sometimes you even fooled yourself because the Bible is right when it says that love covers a multitude of faults. And when you love somebody, sometimes you are blind to the things you need to see. Come on, somebody. And, and we don't like talking about people who interfere or interlope, but you need somebody sometimes just to watch your back. Come on, somebody. Because you are so gaga crazy in love that you don't see what a scoundrel you're dealing with. I'm, I'm not going to preach long today. Come on, somebody. You, you, you are so taken with your onion. Come on, somebody. That you don't know she's treacherous. Come on, say somebody. And, and the end result is that you end up saying, y'all, some of y'all caught that, but everybody catch that. That's all right. But the, the bottom line is, praise the Lord, that you can be deceived in love. Come on, somebody. Love can be a deceptive thing. And the, the most tragic thing is to love people that hate you. Most tragic thing is to love people that turn on you. Most tragic thing is to be waiting for love for somebody only to know that they hate you. And, you know, hate is a word that we don't like to use, but it's a real word. Because I have lived with hate. Come on, somebody. And I have been hated by people. And there have been some seasons when I hated some folk myself. Okay, y'all want to go. Come on, somebody. And the Lord had to deliver me. Come on, somebody. Because I want to see Jesus. And so I couldn't live with hate. I had to ask God to free me. Hallelujah. So the hate would not consume me. But the word hate, as I was ministering this morning, I read from dictionary.com. It means a aversion. Praise our God. Or it means hostility. When somebody hates you, sometimes they respond in one of two ways. Either they avoid you. And there's a reason why they won't return your phone calls and won't respond to your emails. They're not that busy. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. They just decided to avoid you. Hallelujah. They are not that consumed. They ain't working that hard. Ain't nobody working that hard. They can't answer you in seven days. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Ain't nobody working that hard. Hallelujah. Nobody is that consumed unless you've got somebody in your hospital or ICU. Nobody is that consumed that they can't respond to you. Their lack of response is their aversion because when people matter, they respond. Come on, there's somebody. 
when people when, when people matter to you, you respond to them. If they have any level of significance in your life, you're going to do something that says that you matter. And when people hate you, they avoid you. Come on, somebody. They see you coming and act like they don't see you. Come on here, somebody. And you see them and you just waving and just waving and waving and they act like they don't see you. And then when you catch them later on and they can't get away, oh, was that you? I didn't know who that was. They're trying to avoid you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And, and, and the other level of hatred is the open hostility. Some folk ain't avoiding you. They looking for you. Come on here, somebody. They looking for you because they are upset with you and they're angry with you and they see you as their enemy and their hostility is being directed towards you. And, and it's, a, it's a hard thing to be the object of hostility, whether it's physical or emotional. Hostility creates, pray to God, a level of stress in your spirit that is almost unbearable. Anybody ever been in conflict and you knew somebody was mad with you and was trying to hurt you and they were out to get you because they were hostile against you. And, and so hatred is something that everybody can relate to because either you've had people to avoid you or you have had people to become hostile against you. But, but what I want to deal with today is the hated person. What, it, what is it like to be hated? What does it feel like? What does it do to you? And the text that we read deals with a hated woman whose name was Leah. Yeah. And Leah was the oldest daughter of Laban, who was the father-in-law of Jacob. And Leah, in this text, is a hated woman. And, and the sad part about it is she's hated by people that are supposed to love. It is one thing to be hated by strangers. And, and, and I, I, I can handle somebody who doesn't know me hating me. But when you know me, and we share DNA. Come on, somebody. And we share fellowship. And you still hate me. That's a hard thing to deal with. I'm not wounded by the person who has road rage and gives me the finger because they think I cut them off. That don't bother me. Come on, somebody. Because you don't know me. So after the day, we ain't going to see each other. Come on, somebody. But it's the person that I have lived with. Come on, somebody that I have had fellowship with, that I have shared dinner with, that I have shared time with, that I have danced and prayed with. When those people hate you, it's a hurting thing. Oh, hallelujah. It's a damaging thing. It's a wounding thing. And Leah was hated by every person that should have loved her in her life. And it starts with her own father. Laban, because Laban, and I want to talk to fathers for a minute, because, you know, the notion of fatherhood and even manhood in general is the mentality that your job as a man is to cover the women in your life. Hallelujah. Now let me, I, I'm not trying to wax doctrinal, so I'm not here to, 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 to be too old school, but the reason behind even the head covering is that it reveals that a woman is covered. That there is somebody looking after her. That she is not in the world by herself. And when she is single and living at home or living even if she's not at home, if she's not married, her covering is her father. And when a father 
loves his daughter. She can be in diddy wah diddy, but if something goes wrong, daddy is coming to see about her. Hallelujah, because daddy's job until she marries is to be the covering. And if you want to marry a woman, you got to decide, can I be this woman's covering? Because it was not, even though women are independent, they have intelligence, they have abilities, it is not the divine will of God for a woman to live in the world uncovered. God expects some man, either your father or your husband, to step up and be your companion and be your covering. So you aren't praying for a lover, you need a covering. Come on, somebody. You aren't praying just for a man that has a job. You need a covering. Somebody to protect and console and look after you. And that's why fathers, you have to be circumspect who you give your daughters to. You don't give your daughter to a man that won't cover her. For always borrowing money from her. Okay. Can I go old school for a second? Always driving her car. Always eating at her table. That man can't cover you. And if he can't cover you, you better off staying at home and covering yourself. So, Laban failed because for whatever reason, he didn't want to cover his daughter. And rather than to give your daughter surreptitiously to a man that doesn't want her, he should have said to Leah, you can stay here for as long as you live. Because you're my baby. If you never marry, it's alright. I know you want to marry, but if you never find the right man that will love you, you can live right here because daddy is going to be your covering. But Laban wanted to unload his own daughter. And because she had no suitors, when Jacob shows up, he decides to give his daughter to a man that doesn't love her. See, the, the question, and, and, and this is not where I plan to go, but this is where I am, so I'm going to stick here. The question that every father has to have assurance on, do you love my daughter? Because if you love her, you will take care of her. If you love her, you're going to support her emotionally as well as physically. If you love her, you're going to be there in crises. If you love her, you will never put your hands on her except in affection if you love her. And if that man doesn't show that love, oh, hallelujah, you say, you know what, baby, go back in the house. I'm going to get my gun. Come on, somebody. Because that man doesn't love you. But 
with Rachel, it was more than just physical because Rachel touched the heart of Jacob. And so he was so in love with her that he worked seven years to get one woman. Come on, somebody. And some men won't work seven days. And this man worked seven years to get one woman. And so it's the wedding day, and he's excited, and they're celebrating, and Laban starts pouring out the wine, and Jacob starts drinking and gets zooted up, and then he gives up going into what he thinks is his honeymoon chamber. And instead of Rachel being there, Laban has stuck Leah in there. Now, I don't understand and, 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 you know, if I don't understand because I would have had to look at her face at least one time before I looked at her body. But for whatever reason, they did the wild thing, and the next morning, Jacob woke up and discovered it was Leah. Now, I think halfway in between, he figured it out, but just didn't stop. That's what I believe. But in any event, when he got up the next morning, he says, Why did you do me like this? Why did you give me Leah? when I wanted Rachel. And Laban said, it's not our custom that the eldest should marry behind the youngest. So you have to have Leah first. And if you work seven more years, you can have Rachel. So now Rachel hates Leah. Come on, somebody. Imagine your sister getting your man. We share, but we ain't share that. Come on, somebody. So, so imagine your sister getting your man and you having to wait seven more years to get him and while you're waiting, your sister still got him. You ain't got to go to, you ain't got to watch no soap operas, just read your Bible. There's enough drama in the Bible to keep you, pray like God, interested for a lifetime. And so in any case, they, they, while Jacob is working, Rachel is waiting. And while she's waiting, she's jealous and angry because Leah has her husband. And, and all this time, so she's hating him. And then if that wasn't enough, for whatever reason, Rachel could not conceive. And Leah is starting to have babies. So not only does she have, pray like God, her husband, she now has children. Come on, somebody. So every time Rachel looks at Leah, it's with resentment. Every time they look in fellowship, there's anger between them. And then on top of that, here is Jacob. And Jacob, I'm going to tell you, hates Leah. Because any man, because the Bible made it very clear that Jacob loved Rachel. He did not love Leah. In fact, there's no scripture that he ever loved Leah. He always loved Rachel. But the irony of this is, even though he loved Rachel and did not love Leah, he kept having sex with Leah. That's that part about men can be attached physically and not be attached emotionally. He, even though, even though for seven years he wasn't going when I got fasting and praying for seven years. Come on, somebody. Every time he wanted to be intimate, he kept going to Leah. And a man will stay in your bed and not give you his heart. I'm preaching hard, and y'all may want to hear. A man will stay in your bed and not give you his heart. And so just because you got him in the bed doesn't mean you have his heart. And that's why you don't give it, come on somebody, until you know you have his heart. And you don't know you have his heart until he marries you. Oh, come on somebody. Just because he's 
says he loves you in a moment of passion. You put enough on a man, he'll say anything. He might even speak in tongues if you put enough on
by thinking that if I give this man sons, come on somebody, that he'll love me. So she starts having babies. The first son is Reuben. And she names him Reuben because the name means God saw my affliction and gave me a child. In other words, he saw what I was dealing with and how hated I was, and so he gives me a baby. And then, um, Jacob rather looks at Reuben, holds him, and goes on back to Rachel. A couple of years, a year or so later, she brings another son that she calls Simeon. That means that God knew that I was hated, and so he gave me a child. And once again, she's hoping that Simeon and Reuben will bring God love, oh God, from Jacob to her. But Jacob just still doesn't love her. Then she has a third child that she names Levi. That says, and Levi means joined. It says, maybe now I can be joined to my husband. I've given him three sons, so maybe now he'll love me. And so she shows him the three boys they produce together. And Jacob passed the boys on the head and goes right back to Rachel. You keep trying to get somebody to love you that is never going to love you. And the Lord finally does something in Leah and he wakes up something in her. And there's somebody in here that's about to wake up because you've had people take advantage of you. And you've had people abuse your love. And you've had people oh God, neglect you. Trying to get them to have compassion and to love you. But then finally, there's a shift in Rachel or in Leah rather. And when you've been hated long enough, there's a shift. You get to a point, I don't need your validation. I don't need your affirmation. I tried to get it and you've denied me three times. I have tried to love you and you've rejected me. I've given you my body. I've given you children and you're still ignoring me. But there's about to be a shift. Come on, touch somebody. There's about to be a shift. Oh, hallelujah. Because if you're hated by people long enough, you change the object of your affection. If you've been hated long enough, you stop worrying about who shakes your hand, who hugs you, who loans your money, who takes care of you. There's a shift.
house. Speak, Lord. And this word is for the hated people. God is getting ready to open up your womb. Lay your hand on somebody. Tell them you're about to produce. Again, that's 336-570-3664. 
You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.